You're tuned in to the Mabus Agency Bank Marketing Blogcast, where we gather folks from around the agency and talk about some of the content we've published on our website. Today, I've got uh, Josh Mabus, fearless leader. How you doing, Josh? Cool. And uh, we have Drew Grossman joining us from our Atlanta office. Drew, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, JB. All right. If he sounds like you. he is in a tin can, there is a reason. He, he's he's in a tin can. The, the office in Atlanta is a tin can. Hey, now the Atlanta office is really nice. And uh, and then and then we got Sarah McLaurin. Sarah, how are you what doing up? today? Good. Uh, so we are going to be talking about the blog post that Josh published last week. So you're thinking about hiring an agency, and this is a a ten parter, ten questions to ask before you start the search. Uh, so Josh, you basically wrote this as a primer for folks who are looking at beginning an agency relationship. It's a thing that's becoming more common with banks right now, working with marketing agencies. And so here's just, after all the time that we've spent working with banks, here's 10 good questions to ask before you get started. Yeah, it's a bit of soul searching. And, you know, I, I just, in our in my career, um, you know, most of you guys around here, including Bobby, the producer, been around for a lot of this. Um, one of the things that's been consistent is that I've been the first agency that people have hired over and over um, before we specialized in banking. And and when you're if if it's all if you're always dating someone who's never dated before, uh, you learn some some lessons. You learn some commonalities. It's really from um, I guess hopefully a place of love. But some frustration and, and passion, I guess, to try to collect this. I mean, my goal when I sat down and outlined this was for this to be the definitive guide. I hope other agencies share this and um, tell their clients. Too many agencies try to win the business, and, and they just aren't honest about the fact that this is going to be a relationship. And I, I want to be honest not only for ourselves, but um, hopefully for our peers and colleagues and even those who suck. Um, at their at being an agency, which there are a lot of those too, um, they could share this. And it's not just for the benefit of the agency to have a client who's who's asked these questions, but the benefit of the client so they avoid some of the early frustrations that we see. Well, either you go into it like with this, I don't know, like this is going to be amazing. We're going to plug into this group, and then then you're super disappointed when you find out it's real people who have real problems, and you know all of that. Or you're you know, you're going into it with a lot of prejudice. There's going to be a bunch of lazy agency people. They're creatives. They're not like us. I'm going to have to. It's just there's some prep you need to do too. And I, I, what I feel like is the most common thread as people sit down to hire an agency, even even those that like did a this. I'm doing big air quotes. Um, comprehensive RFP process. You know, all you did was copy and paste and piece together, so you're not, you know, plagiarizing somebody else's RFP. You have to sit down and think about what you want. Who do you want to work with? And and that's really what this is spelling out. And you know, the common thread is communication, um, communication, um, and and earning one another's trust. And really, uh, you know, the best relationships we have are the ones where we're not subordinate. You can't be in that too long, and you you can't be on those other stereotypical side where um, you're being talked down to by your agency either. So it's about finding that cadence and rhythm. Finding trust, um, but really finding rapport. Because if this is, I mean, it's not like we're doing any real life changing work here, but it's tough work because it's so subjective. So you have to have that. There's a lot of these points in here. They seem, some of these questions are personal. It seems like, oh, why would I share that with my agency, right? That's kind of your first 
or you know why would an agency share that with someone else it's kind of you kind of bristle at it at first but to me the biggest takeaway was well if you can't trust your agency with this find a different one yeah because in the end if you're going to spend this much time and this much money and this many resources working with a, another company to to grow your bank it's got to be somebody that you can really be honest with uh, and aren't trying to hide cards from each other that was my biggest takeaway well yeah and i mean that that's just you know again i go back to the word the word i would use universally is just relationship but i I think we as humans have proven that we're not great at those either generally and i'm certainly no master of those but i i do value communication whether it's good bad imperfect perfect if it's angry hash it out you know run through all the anger until you can take a some big deep breaths at the end like Okay. All right. Now we're going to really talk, or right. or meandering through it. You, you don't necessarily have to be good at it qualitatively. You can overcome some of this with um, a quantity of communication. And we talk about um, in that in that article uh, a good bit about transparency. The the things even our internal employees that haven't worked out, external constituents, clients, whatever. One of the big things has been the inability to communicate with clarity that, hey, look, you gave me an unrealistic deadline. I cannot I cannot do this. I can't drive from the East Coast to the West Coast in two hours. That is a physical impossibility. We're going to have to change the budget to get me a plane flight or we're going to have to do we're going to have to do something differently. And being able to stop and diffuse those situations and have clear communication. Just somebody tell me, look, the CEO hates this combination of colors. Please don't do that again. I love it. Everybody else here loves it. You love it. We heard your rationale. The dude that signs everybody's paychecks or the gal that signs everybody's paychecks hates it. We've had to do that. Uh, make the logo bigger is you know one of those just things we hear over and over and over. You know everybody's here to get paid at the end of the day. The you listener us. There are no big moral stands in this that we should be making, but um, the most successful relationships I've had, and and most of my friends come from working with them, either here or on the client side, because we've learned how to communicate well. So a lot of times my wife and I talk about, we don't use the word trust because it's really easy to say, do you trust me? Oh, of course I trust you, right? That's how are you doing? Great. Do you trust me? Of course. We use the phrase benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you giving me the benefit of the doubt? And I think that's a really good way to talk about this with the agency relationship. Or ask the questions. I mean, th- th- there's a little bit difference in, in marriage, and I, I believe dating and marriage is a fantastic analogy. I always want the benefit of the doubt from the client. I mean, I'm human. I would rather them trust me. But I would say over-communicate. Even if you can't give me that, ask me the questions you need until we're either frustrated and we need to take a pause or until there's clarity. And that that's the thing I would say. My word would be, it's not about trust, relationship, whatever. It's about clarity. If you're both pissed off, or you're both frustrated, or you're both just tired of talking, agree not to stop, whether you have to take a pause or a break or whatever, until there is clarity. If you have to draw a picture, if you have to do interpretive dance, whatever you have to do, if you have to do a video call, if you have to fly out, if there's a, a sticking point. And it, I would say, if it's worth it. And maybe one day we'll make up like some system of tokens or something to say, how many tokens can you spend on clarity on on a ad that nobody wants to run? There's three bankers looking at the camera out in front of a branch. Nobody wants to do this, but we have to do it. That one may not be the one where we burn all of our clarity tokens. But but I would say clarity. Then you can start beginning to earn benefit of the doubt and trust, but communicate until there's clarity. That's, that's, there are 10, 12, really, because I gave two early bonus 
things. Um, I just didn't feel like. I think the original list was eight, and we expanded that to ten. I was, yeah, ten's uh, a good number. Tens around, right? I didn't That's want nice. it to be ten. I really wanted, it, but it just. In my mind, 10 locked in and felt right. So there are two bonus things, but, but it's all about clarity. Um, all right. And so before uh, we hand this off to everybody else, I wanted to just talk about why everybody's on the call. Uh, or, I mean, not on the call. We're always on calls. Uh, on the podcast. So Drew. He's is, on call. Drew is on a call. From, from a 10 can. Atlanta, Georgia 10 can. Uh, He's inside the metal peach. <laughs> so <laughs> Drew, in his official capacity, has worked with banks, not just here, but at for hundreds of years, right? Hundreds of years at millions of agencies. So he has a lot of experience uh, working with banks and with other uh, companies, big and small, just sort of walking that weird relationship between the agency hire or the, the company hiring the agency, working in the agency. And then Sarah handles the media here at Mavis Agency. So she has very technical conversations with lots of different marketing directors in banks and media people so she's a translator when we're walking across the hall to come over here i mean that <laughs> we were talking about like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to communicate this one and it was with a media rep who keeps screwing up to to a client right so so sarah's very well versed in translating communicating and also walking that that agency slash client uh relationship so what are y'all's biggest takeaways from these these 10 questions to ask before you start? I mean, I think going back to the benefit of the doubt, and it was something in the post that stuck out to me, and I think it's good to keep in mind is that we're on your side. not We're not working against you. Our benefit is your benefit. So when, when you succeed, we succeed as an agency, or when you succeed, your agency succeeds, if you're talking about not us. you know. I think sometimes when projects get frustrating and communication lines aren't as good as we would like for them to be we get the tendency to start feeling like we're working we're opposing one another and we can even get to the point where we are but just having that benefit of the doubt um, like your wife married you because she loves you so she's not going to do things hopefully to to upset you knowing that and keeping that in mind um, when you are dealing with frustrating things to keep that positive outlook and like Josh said just continuing communication and not being passive about things not assuming that's one thing is like yeah assuming you know what the other person is feeling or thinking the other side too is if an agency continues to assume that you're stupid or you know you're acting you know to you banker bank marketer then then it may be time to like clarify that like do you do you you think i'm just stupid unless you are then you don't don't ask well trust and benefit of the doubt that that goes toward deepening a relationship and or, or giving someone the benefit of the doubt over communicating goes towards trust and deepening a relationship assumptions and and uh, sort of taking the opposite stance on that goes towards resentment and, and like degradation yeah. yeah resentment is the the killer of of a solid relationship and yeah i guess the more the more we talk about this the more i think that uh every good um agency and their bank could probably benefit from going to a couples therapist for a little while. Well, the thing is, and one of the things I point out is that, I mean, you start that agency relationship probably with a big thing, like brand. You're going to rebrand us. I've known you for like three days. Right, or even an emergency. Why does someone change agencies? It's an emergency. Or a website, which is huge. One of the things from like 15 years ago I want to put in a contract with with about websites specifically is hey look you're going to want to murder us at some point we're going to want to murder you at some point um the the 
thing I can say it's most like building a website with a with a client is um, wallpapering a bathroom with your spouse in the summer when the air conditioner is out. Oh, like God. it's like oh, the worst, like one of the worst things where everybody's like trying to. Because even though you are on the same side as Sarah's pointing out, everybody wants to get this damn thing done. They want to get it done quickly. They're all in the same scenario. But even that can create more stress. It's hot in that bathroom. Yeah, you're all in that same you know, kind of melting pot, the crucible, if you will. Like I said, it, it's still real. But, but yeah, couples therapy, one of the things I want to I wanna write is the five love languages of bank marketing. It's still in my head. It'll fall out one day when the, when the time is right. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all that stuff. Uh, I think one of the things that I took from it that kind of resonated well with me was uh, thinking about the politics of your internal marketing team and how they're going to interact with the agency. Uh, and this kind of also comes back to communicating uh, some clarity uh, by articulating to the agency how you see the teams working together. If it's your assumption, you have, for example, designers in-house, um, but you don't have copywriters. So you're imagining the agency copywriters are going to collaborate with your in-house designers. That's something to talk through because not every agency is open to it. Uh, sometimes the copywriter and the art director have a specific process or relationship or something like that. But then other agencies are more than happy to do it. So figuring out those things on the front end is super helpful. The other thing that I think is really important when you're judging these different agencies and vetting them is to talk with them a lot about their process for some of the work that you're gonna have them do, like rebranding or naming, creating an ad campaign, whatever it might be. The reason being is sometimes when you look at their work, you don't exactly know what they're showing you, what went into it, or how much of the work was supplied by the client, uh, how much was done by some amazing designer that's no longer working at the agency. So you don't know exactly what it is that you're looking at. The portfolio definitely still speaks to the abilities and the gravitas of the agency, um, but you wanna know that they can repeat it uh, and, and replicate that process for you. And so the way that you're going to find that is asking them about their process. Uh, you don't want to get into a situation where you're trying to build a process with the agency for some of these things like rebranding. Uh, you want to know that they've done it many times and, and that they know how to. There's also a point uh, in here in the, in the piece uh, near the beginning about getting on the same page as far as vocabulary. And that's huge. Um, you can work with a, like a super experienced marketing department or an agency that's been around for 20 or 30 years. And um, you'll have clients and agencies that have a completely different definition of the same word. Uh, so definitely make sure that you understand what the agency means by rebrand or brand evolution or, you know, uh, zhuzhing up the brand. Uh, you want to make sure that you have a common understanding behind the vocabulary. Uh, some agencies, you might ask them for a rebrand, and to them that just means they're going to give you a new logo, uh, but they don't have any strategists or copywriters on staff. Um, and, and that's a reality. So you need to really just make sure that you have a common understanding about some of these kind of marketing and advertising buzzwords. And then as far as an agency relationship being like a marriage and marriage counseling and all that, um, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another side of this that kind of a word that, that jumps to mind based on what both of you guys said is expectation, um, that, that each side sort of has some, some expectations they bring to the table. You know, at the very base, we expect one another to behave with integrity and 
you know, pay their bills on time and to do the work when they promise and to be nice or kind or courteous or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, we have those expectations. But a, a guy told me a trite sort of saying around that is a, an expectation is a pre-manufactured resentment. Like if you expect someone to behave a certain amount, a certain way, um, go ahead and just prepare to be disappointed. Um, and, I, and I think we could amend that to say an uncommunicated expectation is is you might as well just go ahead and build a resentment towards someone. They're not going to behave like you prescribe. Again, however trite that saying is, it was um, very eye-opening to me that, you know, what kind of baggage any of us carry around because, you know, to continue to overuse the quasi-appropriate analogy is, well, I expected my spouse to put those clothes that I folded up and put on their side of the bed and maybe a passive-aggressive attempt to... <laughs> Say, here's your part. Those things may seem obvious, and I mean, but but as silly and maybe funny as that that might may be in real life, or damaging. I don't know. Um, we do that in all of our business um, communication. Sometimes we expect weird things to happen, like uh, communication to happen telepathically. Oh, um, so and so was out sick, and I forgot to tell the client. Or, of course, I told you we're opening this new branch. I had to. So just being able to keep your your um, eye on that proverbial ball as well, making sure. I mean, look, you're, you're going to hear me say communication 4,000 times. Yeah, and the communication within each group, too, is pretty important. We talked about the politics component of it, who's responsible for what. That conversation, having that conversation internally as well as with your agency or with the bank you're working with is very important. And I also think having communications about your expectations with your bank before you enlist your agency is something uh, Josh pointed out in one of the bullet points here. That's incredibly important. If you, if everyone in your bank is on a different, has a different idea of what they want from their agency relationship, then you're going to get frustrated with what you get from your agency very quickly. Someone in your bank will, and uh, and the agency is going to be pretty frustrated too that they're, you know, someone the marketing director calls and asks for a project, and then mortgage calls and asks for something totally different and says it's number one project. You know what I'm saying? Like if if there's not a plan, well, and in don't the be bank, surprised when your agency comes back and asks for clarity on that. Right. I think that's one of the weird things that we see is like two things can't be number one priority. I don't know. I mean, any agency, I don't care if they have a thousand people, has limited resources. You don't get all thousand. Right. Unless you want to pay for all thousand and make it. Pay for a, a fully in-house agency. Yeah, and and so do that. I mean, which I which I would absolutely encourage. We have one. You may want that, but even then, you have to communicate. The other thing that I, I don't know, I feel compelled. I, I wrote the piece, so I, I didn't get it all out of my system about um, bringing people that you wouldn't want to bring to the meetings or that don't seem obvious. We do a, an onboarding uh, meeting called a strategic roundtable. It's a two-hour interview. It passes very quickly. But um, a lot of times clients are, you know, who do I need to bring and all that? And they're like, hey, don't bring. I forgot who we used. I don't know if we ever. I think we just said she's negative Nancy. I don't want to bring so-and-so. He's a jerk or so-and-so. Right. If, if you're talking about a new website, the I don't know how many times a bank will say, oh, say, do you have anybody from IT coming? Oh. You don't want to deal with them. You don't want to <laughs> deal with Hank. Hank sucks, you know. And like, then, no, actually, like we're yeah, gonna please do the and, more work we do. I mean, I know the the Hanks or whatever Nick Burns from you know the SNL skit Jimmy right. Fallon. The more you do without them present, and then bring them in closer to the tail end, 
You think Hank sucks now? Wait until you do an entire website without him, and then show it to him in six months. Well, you should have um, told me about the the server load capacity of the. I mean, he's going to jargon you to death. But even like, suck. You know, um, but I mean, it's big strategic discovery, like CFOs or whatever that may be. uh, They just don't get marketing and whatever. I'm not. We're not necessarily looking for insights. I mean, we are, but I'm, we're also looking for some buy-in and some commonality. And you know, if your agency's worth their salt, they could take the dumb stuff and separate, or they'll at least follow up, or you can, and say, "Hey, what Joanne said about online account openings is not true. We don't have that system like that. Like that's she thinks we have that, and she does a great job, but she really thinks that our online account opening does this. But it's I don't know it's. It, it's much easier to involve problem people and kind of throw the bad out and keep the good if there is any. And what? Yeah. What if Hank has a great idea out of out of the hundred he pitches? One of them is really great, but on the home page, he gives the, you a technical thing that you wouldn't have picked up, and you really should have listened to him right. at step one or two instead of step twenty. And then right there on the homepage, there's something that his idea was used for. You know, buy-in. Hank sucks a lot less now. There's some buy-in, and it's a team. It's a team process. Yeah, I think as well. If you have internal people who do some of the things that you're hiring an agency to do, involving those folks early on in the vetting process and getting that early buy-in is really key. You know, if you have a copywriter internally and then you're hiring an agency to rewrite your website, you should probably have that copywriter involved in the selection process. Uh, they'll just be more engaged and they'll be kind of less likely to pick apart every single word the agency writes uh, just kind of out of pure competitive spirit i guess so definitely important to get that buy-in as early as possible Uh, there's another point here i actually want to discuss a little bit more and it's pretty well thought through in the piece it's the fifth question do you need a comprehensive solution or a mix of specialists and i think josh you can speak even more to this uh, that a lot of times when an agency is brought in for a very specific purpose whether it's creating a new website or trying marketing automation, it's very rare that you bring in an agency and say, hey, we need you to create this single print ad for us and make it fantastic. One thing that happens as you're doing, say, a marketing automation campaign, you're pulling in other resources and ads that other agencies have created. And if you're cobbling together a team of a bunch of different agencies, one of the things that can happen is they'll start pointing fingers at each other and say, oh, the marketing automation strategy is solid, but the messaging that your other agency created isn't good, and that's why the marketing automation didn't work. Uh, obviously, these things can be handled by you know, some strong voice within your organization or hiring you know, super talented agencies that aren't going to do that. But this is also just kind of a reality of, of human nature. So one of the things to think about is kind of not giving the agency an out by having uh, one entity doing your messaging, your marketing automation, your design, whatever it might be, uh, so they don't have kind of an obvious out to to blame another agency. You know that you don't want them saying that the commercial we made was brilliant, but the media buying strategy was flawed, and that's why you didn't get the return you were expecting. Obviously, those elements go back to you know trust and communication. Um, but as a general rule, it's always nice to package as much as possible into the same organization or same agency Uh, and obviously on the flip side of that is you don't want an agency doing something that they don't know how to do Uh, so you want to make sure they have enough of the experience doing these things if it's marketing automation or you know producing a commercial whatever it might be Uh, like if you look at some of the work that sarah does with media buying you need that experience when it comes to creating a media plan you don't want someone just 
creating a media plan on the fly just to keep it within a single agency. Uh, so it's, anyway, it's definitely something to think about if you're interviewing agencies, how much of it can be kept in a single place and feel confident about the work getting done. When I would say, you know, the, the common thread of that, and of course it would be easy for me to say as being the agency owner, you know, in those sort of battles between messaging and placement, is somebody approved that at some point. I dare say, you know, that that falls to the marketing director, director of marketing, chief marketing officer, whatever. Um, I don't know how much anybody's willing to internalize that, but somebody at some point has to have that anointing to be the one who's responsible for it. And to me, I go to leadership and management on that. What I see is a, a, typically the one that wants to spread it out is really around a risk profile. And I, I, I will go on the record and say, I do not believe in multiple agencies. I don't. Um, I want to keep that open as an option for those people that be- I believe strongly the other way. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm right. I am, but um, <laughs> we won't debate that. I used to say I'm not a micromanager, but, and then somebody said everything before the the butt is moot. I like to control that brand message throughout. So if I have to answer for something, I don't want to have to point out some ignoramuses, you know, approach to media buying or, or applying copy to an ad or whatever. I want to be responsible for it. But the people that I see are the banks or the institutions I see that want to spread out. It's normally around a risk thing. If we, if we fire this comprehensive agency, we we lose everything. We lose total continuity, and then we got to go back and rebuild it. I don't really see it around like going and getting the best videographer, the best animator, the best whatever. But if you're buying the best and all those, then there's got to be some common thread. What I would say that I, I guess I didn't put as forcefully in the in the column, the article, is you if you're going to do that, and that's the path you want to go down. And look, I I guess I'm of both minds because I think I hired the best of all those, but but then put them under my purview and my control so if you're willing to do that out there and you want to do that whoever is making that decision be willing to take responsibility for all of them too um and all of those outcomes you're guiding and directing them i mean you you can't the marketing director out there can't let them point fingers at each other it's ultimately you're the one that made a decision to hire everybody you either need to say look you screwed this up you're fired and you you find that other piece of the puzzle, but I do see that missing, I, or I see the potential for that missing in some of those things. We, you know, no, 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 we can't put all of our eggs in one basket. Uh, it's just too risky because we're a bank, and I, and I get it. I do get the logic behind it, but you still have to take that that full responsibility. Yeah, whenever uh, our team works on a project, and, and most sort of all under one roof agencies work on a project, you have the person who made the brand. Uh, standard, you know, the person who made the brand standards guidebook, you have the videographer and you have the person buying the media all in one meeting. So when one of our designers says something as an idea, you know, Sarah can immediately say, that's a great idea or, hey, that's not going to translate to the to the buy that the, the client wants. Whereas if you have hired your own team from different places, that's you. You are that. Someone meeting. still has to communicate and provide clarity. Right. You're the one who has to take the brand standards and make sure that everyone's on the same page and make sure that the buy and the creative reflect, you know, the same goals. It just puts more on your shoulders. I think one thing um, in here that I noticed, and this is probably just coming from a media standpoint, is um, the comments on budget. Are you gonna are you gonna keep part of your budget? Um, sort of secretive and and not really tell us about it are you going to give us all of the budget um and i think whether you decide to hand your full budget over um 
and just like take it, take care of it, or you decide to give a portion of it, we still need to see the whole picture um, because it it really does help us to understand um, the decisions that we're making and what's what's left and then also there's times when uh specifically for media where you have you have a portion of your media budget that you want to give to your agency but then you also have some different call centers or areas that you have to keep internal um and that's totally fine but sometimes people like to try and dip into those call centers that you might have specified this is just for the agency and if there's not clarity on that if we can't account for it and if we don't know what what money we do have then that's just going to build frustration for everyone um, because we could end up overspending or underspending your budget and that's something just to keep in mind and also talk to the agency about how they like to handle those things Um, are they okay with sharing a budget and having monthly meetings or quarterly meetings whatever they need to have to keep track of that or they know we are not going to do that you tell us how much money we have and we don't want to know about the rest of it you know getting that clarity on your budget for sure well there's a big difference between knowing the number and being given it right. and, I, and i think that's there's this sort of tie with some some people that's like well i can't tell you the number you're going to spend it all well well, I can't spend it all without you giving me a check with it, and I'm not going to hold it in my my bank account or the business's bank account normally, and I wouldn't recommend anybody do that anyway. But knowing the total number helps you make a more comprehensive plan. They go back to what JB's talked about is either you trust your agency or you don't. Knowing Me knowing you have $2 million total in your media buy for the year or 2000 or 20000 whatever it may be, I still don't get to spend it. Now, I can make a plan, and you can use your agency to make that plan. And that's one of the parts I spoke to. I, I edited out two stories because it just kind of, one, the the story, the, the column ballooned and, and word count, and I couldn't really make them make sense, but I'll try to do a better job articulating them verbally. So one of the big problems I've had in my career and the reason we ask a lot of questions around this is both underspending and overspending for clients by not having enough visibility. And look, our media reps ask us, well, what's your total budget? We None give them their portion. <laughs> so, so I get that there's kind of a push-pull here. But again, you either trust your agency or you don't. And again, if they provide a plan that you think is stupid or in their benefit, they've shown you some cards. You can go back and rework it. You can do whatever. You, you, don't, you don't have to use them. But one of those is where a client um, apportioned a specific, uh, a, a, a significant amount of money for a project that we, you know, we're okay with the strategy. Um, you know, agencies, our, our rule is to push back three times on something we particularly disagree with that we think is strategically um, inappropriate. But you're still the client. We're going to say yes. And time out for just a second. I meant to say this at the very beginning. As an agency owner, you listening to it, you're the client. I think the big elephant in the room is you're still paying us, but we're not indentured servants. It's not going to work well if it's treated that way. Um, this isn't some agency's bill of rights or whatever. It's just a guide. I mean, you're not going to probably do all 10 of these things well, and neither is your agency. Their goals, um, we fail at these, and, and ultimately you are the boss, but you have to be the boss in partnership. So unpause, back to the story. Um, basically, Short version is the client spent too big of a portion of their budget that while 
individually looking at just the whatever the piece of the iceberg that was stuck above the water, it was not strategically inappropriate. It was questionable, but it was like, okay, I guess they know what they're doing. And they bombed out their whole budget on something that without those other pieces, without some follow-up, some retargeting, some some brand shoring up around it was a really dumb standalone thing. And I still feel responsible. It's still on my mind. I had a client before banks was a nearly 20 years ago a client that didn't tell us how bad off their business was that they came to us to rescue their business and they wound up spending all their money and basically going out of business not just with us but they kind of tried to spend at the end to rescue and we could have given them a more sound strategy and there are other times where a client says i need to put three thousand dollars in this market and like say from a digital standpoint well if we had more money we could go get more impressions or something like that but i've I guess what I would ask you to do is kind of relax some of those fears. Um, just by telling someone this, it's not one, they should be under an NDA or have some other veil or circle of trust. But if you can't share the number with them, and when I say the number, not not the dollar amount, don't put it in, but just knowledge of the number, that's a sign of a pretty bad relationship. And look, I'll, I'll be clear, that may be you, listener. <laughs> you may not have the the amount of trust requisite to have a good agency relationship to be able to hand over and delegate some of that stuff. But if you guys can't communicate that entire budget, it's really tough to make a, 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 a holistic plan, especially if you're looking for that general strategic help. We need marketing strategy, you know, put on top of our efforts. And, and this isn't just for, I said a lot of first time people, which is sort of what this is, you know, targeted to, but I mean, these are reminders we all need. And that's not just in the interest of the agency. That's very much this. You know, the story Josh is telling. Had that first company showed us the whole the whole budget, we would have said, "Oh, you know what? Let's do something different. That's that's going to cost you less here. Take this chunk, go spend it on something. You know, we, that would have been money we wouldn't have retained. Uh, we would have given him the advice to spend less on us. Also, you know, if you have uh, like Sarah saying a, a secret sort of cost center over here." If she doesn't know about that, she might double down uh, your ad buy in that area on accident and and waste, you know, some of the spend just because she didn't have the prior knowledge. And so that sharing that uh, transparency, trust, communication, that's what we're back to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the easiest example of that would just be you you've you've already scheduled like a $200,000 TV buy in a particular market and then you want to run a campaign in that market and you give me a budget for that campaign and I come back with a TV schedule for it. Um, and then you look at me and say, we already have TV bought in that area. So, but if I didn't know that, you know, then I've wasted my time, I've wasted your time and now we have to go back and completely reallocate the budget for that campaign. So and we've possibly wasted a good bit of money too. Yeah, yeah. Good. Some of this sounds a little grim. It's 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 because we're talking about relationships, and that's really what working with an agency comes down I to. I can't teach you any lessons from the good ones. I mean, I, I really can't. I mean, right. it's when you avoid these things. When you communicate, if you if you over communicate, you're probably going to have a good agency because one or two things: either you're going to find the rapport that you need to do this well and to be happy, and you're going to find out you both like, you know, the same movies or the same whatever or what you know. You're going to have other or you're not into that if you're just like just the business you're going to find out if there's a fit or not another thing i would say that we really didn't put in this is old kind of dumb hr advice the um slow to hire quick to fire 
um, advice. Banks were kind of stuck in this thing where agencies put you in these, or cores or whatever, put you in these three-year, seven-year contracts at the risk of not making this shareable by all agencies. Don't don't sign a seven-year contract. Think real hard on a three-year. We don't do them at all. We think good work is keeps you hired. Right. And I want to be able to fire you if I don't like you. If when this we project goes really well, let's do another project together. Yeah. You'll find out if you have rapport or not and be willing to move on. Like, don't just, again, because you're sharing the number of your budget doesn't mean you're beholden to this this person forever and no you don't need to be the 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 bank that runs through three agencies but i'll tell you this i have a disclaimer i have a particular disdain for the rfp process i think if you hire an agency that will say hey clients that trusted me with your budget y'all hold on for a second i'm gonna go over and spend hours upon hours making a document that's basically a gamble on the other side of the coin every bid i mean every new client call is an RFP. I mean, they're going to request a proposal from you at some point, but we tend to work, well, we only work with the clients who say, hey, we identified you as somebody that fits our needs. Let's talk. And then once we vet one another, yada, 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 we go on to great and wonderful relationships. But you really don't figure it out until you get in there and start working. And what I would say is be willing to say, it's just what I said, give the bad news, give the good news. This isn't working. Oh, you're not willing to change that? I may not be willing to keep working with you. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty grim, I guess. But, but it's, I have you, a bunch of transcendent relationships by, when I follow my own advice. Right. If you do the hard work up front, you can, you can develop long-lasting, very successful uh, relationships. And there's nothing that beats sitting in a room with a bunch of creatives and 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 putting you know these these huge campaigns together and, and coming up with these super fun ideas uh, once you have that trust because uh, you know creativity is another thing that works in trust it's hard to say I've got a crazy idea to someone you don't trust because you don't want to get made fun of you know uh, for your if your idea or you don't dumb. feel bad if you're made fun of I mean, it's a, a cool environment you can be like JB that's kind of stupid <laughs> but kind of awesome right. It's just it just so crazy. It just might work. FDIC insurance. Advertise FDIC insurance. That's just, Somebody will trust me to, to yeah. do that one day. That's a free. That's a free idea. It sounds. It sounds kind of you know dumb, but uh, not everybody's a banker. And well, and none of, of your clients are it. bankers. Right. None. Well, a few. Most May- bankers bank at their own banks. Some, some bankers bank at their own. Have an account at their yeah. own bank. Your client doesn't know what FDIC insurance is. Don't know. They don't know how much it is. They don't know that it went up from hundred thousand dollars. If they did know what it was, like we insure your money up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, is a hell of a benefit that no one is tapped because they're afraid their peers are going to make fun of them. That's right. But your mattress doesn't insure money for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and if no one else is saying it, <laughs> no other bank does either. And look, use it. But I just want you to give me credit when you post your ads on LinkedIn, and I know like a. A few people that would be bold enough to do it, and I probably know you if you're listening at, to our second. Probably, I guess this will be our second one, right? Two or three, I think. Yeah. Um, tag, just tag us in LinkedIn, me and the company. That's cool. You don't have to pay us for that. Since we're talking about uh, hypothetical ads, we've gotten to the end of this uh, 10 questions to ask. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Drew, for joining us uh, from your 10 can in Atlanta. Thank you, Sarah, for taking time out of your, your super busy media buying budget. Uh, <laughs> media buying day uh, to join us and uh, Josh thanks for thanks for these insights thank you guys see you next blog <laughs>